Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Folks, thank you today. Thank you today for coming and being with us today. I I do ask, and I I really do covet your prayers today, intercessors. I I do pray that you would stand in the gap today as we deliver this word. I do believe that it's uh, very much a revelatory word um, and a now word. I believe that. So uh, without further ado, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Paul speaking here, of course, to the church or to the Christians there even uh, that are in Rome. He said, and that now, knowing the time, knowing the time that it is now high time, I want you to notice that, to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly or decently as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Father, we're so thankful today for your word. God, it is so much to us, so much more to us than just ink on a page. Lord, as we come, we come through the precious name of your Son and our Savior today, thanking you for that word. And God, today, I just simply say that he that hath an ear, let him hear. I pray today, God, that uh, we would all receive those things that are of you. God, I pray that you would, and I speak this humbly to you, God, and before your people, that you would anoint these lips of clay, that I may bring forth a word in clarity and most of all in truth. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, have you ever fallen asleep in church? I'm going to get right into it. And that now, knowing the time, the word time here is the word kairos. And I'm going to show you, once again, you've heard me speak of this in, in, in several times in the past. You've heard me describe time as being chronos and kairos. And you've heard other people speak of that. In the Greek, it is known as two different sets of time. Chronos, which will be where we get the word chronological, it is the word that, uh, that would be used for a clock, for instance, or even a time set on a calendar. It's like that type of thing. And when you think of chronos, that... This, this word here is kairos, but when you think of that, it could be, for instance, using it in this statement. We went at 1030, and boy, didn't we have a time. The time that we got there was 1030. That was the time, so that's chronos. But then didn't we have a time? It means the word kairos, which talks about the moment. Where chronos, Luke, means minute or tied to minute, the word kairos is tied to the moment. And so why is that so important? Is that God operates in, operates in kairos. That not only is he tied to different times and appointed times that we can see. And you've heard me preach on the feast before. I don't think that I'll get around to the end of that today. 
But today, this is simply about, do you want to spend time with me? Do you want to spend time with me? And as I begin to break this word down, I want to tell you that this word is revelatory in the fact that I'm really hearing God just really begin to speak. And when I say that, guys, take that in the way in which I say it. Arlita, that he's speaking in the spirit to me, that he's revealing it through his word and the different avenues in which he would do that. When we see that, the word of, the word of God would tell us in Mark chapter 1, Jesus said the time is fulfilled or the kairos is fulfilled or the moment is fulfilled. We're living in a moment of time right now unlike any other time that, our, that any of us sitting in this place has ever known. For years you've read the Bible, and, but now, and you, you've read about the end times, but now you are living in them. And what is happening is this, is that things are unfolding. Almost at a point, and just as Daniel said, that in the end times things would increase in such a rapid way that it would be so hard to even grasp it. But now you are living in a moment. You are living in a time with God that, that is unlike when people have prayed for that and when people have seen that and all of those things. We are living this out right now and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And so what did Jesus say? Did he say, hey, stay in the corner, stay home, be defeated? No, he didn't. You know what he said? He said this, repent and believe the gospel. Now let me help you. Let me help you. I don't just believe some of it. I don't just believe part of it. I believe all of it. Every part of it. I believe it. I believe the gospel is good news. I believe it's great news. I believe it's life-giving news. I believe that when it's preached and through the power of the Holy Ghost when it is preached, I believe that it brings dead men to life. I believe that when the word is preached and the word is heard, it begins to change the destiny of a soul and those that were on a hell's path to destruction can be on their way to a glory-filled, God-filled heaven. We're on a collision course right now with heaven and earth. You cannot live in heaven and you cannot live in earth. You're either heavenly minded, kingdom minded, or you are earthly minded. My mind and my heart today is this. Mm. Sometimes isn't God just good? Well, you just got to go. Mm. He said, I'm the resurrection and the, I'm the resurrection and the, I'm the way and the, come on somebody, that's what I'm talking about. So today, what I want to tell you, staying on task is this, you are living in a moment of time unlike any other. The time is fulfilled. Jesus said 2,000 years ago, I am what you've been waiting for. Repent and believe the gospel. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. As Paul is telling the young preacher, he said, I charge thee there before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. You know what he says to him? Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. That tells me that I need to have a word. I've got more than just a word. I've got the word. Didn't I already cover that? And he says this, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. Say long suffering. 
Aren't you thankful today that God don't quit on you like we quit on Him? That God is long-suffering, full of mercy, and there's still a dispensation of grace that whosoever will, let them call on the name of the Lord. And they'll go to church? Nope. And they'll sing? Nope. And they shall be saved. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I still believe that. Verse 3, for the time will come, for the kairos will come, for the moment will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves their own teachers, having itching ears. What's that mean? Hearing what we want to hear. This is the moment we are living in right now, that if the preacher don't preach what you want him to, and he's not in your lane, you'll quit driving in that lane. If what he's putting out is not what you want, you say, I ain't going to eat that. Can I tell you, if it's the Word of God, and it's the meat of the Word, you need to chew on it. Because yeah. i got to tell you right now, some of the stuff the Lord shares with me in the Word, I don't like it. But I eat it. Heather, you're looking at me right now like I got a plate of spinach in front of you. The Word of God. The time will come, and that's what we do. And here's what will happen. We'll turn away our ears from the truth, and they'll be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. When it says full proof, it means established proof. It means a proof that you're not here one day and gone the next. It means an established foundational type of truth. That listen, don't just say you're a Christian. Be a Christian. Be something more than just what you say. Let it be not what you say, but what you do and who you become. Christian is more than a label. And so many people today are labeling themselves as this or that. And the thing is, people will know you and I are Christians by at least two things. Three, if you will. By the love of God that is in them. By the fruit they bear. And by the Holy Ghost of God that lives and reigns in them. Whole nother message. A year and a half ago, the Holy Spirit laid on my heart at the beginning of the pandemic or whatever you want to call it. Brother Bill, he laid on my heart to study the word Corona. As we studied the word Corona, we went to, and you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. Go ahead and turn there. The Holy Spirit led me there years ago, or that long ago, ever how many months ago. Begin to study the word Corona just real quick. And as I studied that word, I found out that it was more than just a crown. That when you look at the word in the Greek, the word is stephanos, which means crown, which is the wreath that they place on your head that we all attribute those things to. That when we win the race, you get a crown. It was symbolic of that. But in Latin, the word meant corona. How many of you remember that? The word corona was the word that was symbolic that when you talk about the corona of the sun, S-U-N, it talks about the halo or the ring or the glory around the sun. How many of you know you can't look directly at the sun? How many of you know that God is a spirit and no man has seen Him at any time? The only way that we see God is through the sun. You cannot get to the Father unless you come through the... Here's the thing. You need to... There's going to be a lot to get out today. And you need to bear with me. When we talked about Corona, and it was all about that, when the Word said, when He says this, and I'll be paraphrasing through, talking about the revelation, the revelation there within the Philadelphia church, that when it said that, He said, I will open a door that no man can shut, and I will shut a door that no man can open. How many of you remember that? And He said, this is for those that have not denied my name. 
Can I tell you something right now? Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. Listen to living. Maybe to everybody else, to the Greeks, it is foolishness. To the Jews, it is a stumbling block. But to us, it is the power of God unto salvation. The glory. He said, let no man take thy crown. The glory of God the Father was the Son, and it was revelatory in at least four different places. And you remember we walking us through even that point later on last year when we talk about the four parts there of the glory, how the glory was revealed when Jesus was baptized. Just real quickly, when Jesus was baptized at the Jordan, the Father said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. The glory was seen and recognized there through the power of the Holy Spirit descending upon them. When you come into the sonship and you are born again into the kingdom, the glory of God, the Holy Spirit of God comes on you. The second part was the transfiguration. We talked about that at least one more. Is that when we get a greater view of who he is. Is that he was so bright. The light was so bright. That remember Peter, James, and John. Peter said, what should we do? See, Moses and Elijah, they're talking to him. And the glory was so bright, they couldn't even look at it. And that's where the father once again listened to him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. John 12, Jesus speaking once again. The Father reveals it again. And when the Word said, Jesus said, unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground, stay with me please, this is important. This is real important. That the glory is seen that when Jesus said this, the glory of the Father showed up. But when Jesus said, unless a seed of wheat falls into the ground, Rick, unless it dies, it cannot live. Is that true, yes or no? Then the Father said, this is my Son. And the glory of the Father was there. Let me tell you what's happening within people, within, within the church today. How many of y'all ever heard or, or you've heard mentioned before people that have a near-death experience? They almost die. And maybe some of those even see glimmers of glory. This is what's going on today in people that call themselves Christians. You have a near-death, ex- mm. you have a near-death experience, but you never die. You almost die out to the flesh. You have a near-death experience and you get a glimpse of His glory. And you almost die. Can I just bring structural evidence to the Word that I'm speaking right now with foundation? Jesus said this, That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You must be born again. Is that true? Yes or no? Listen, you and I have to understand that it is a spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-fed Word of God that will change you and it won't just set you free. It will keep you free and it will take you into the portals of glory. We have not because we ask not. We see not because we are blinded by the flesh and through 2 Corinthians 4, who the God of this world has blinded the what? Not the eyes, but the minds. Listen, your eyes can see it, but it takes your mind to believe. It's a now word. Stay with me. So when I begin to release that thing, we begin to talk about the coronavirus and we begin to talk about those things, the word corona, and that was the first wave. 
And with that, a wave, when a wave comes, it sets everything upside down. Just real quick, a quick analogy, a quick thought. If you've ever been to the beach, a little piddly wave won't do much. But I'll tell you this. If you get in and you hit a big wave, it will absolutely roll you. And it will tumble you. How many of you could say that over the past year and a half that this first wave has really turned some things upside down in your life? Cricket, cricket. My focus will not be on this. You stay with me. And as we look at that, the first wave came. And through all of these things that came, we see all of even the church and everything else through all of this. And what we've done is we see that now we're dealing with what is called a second wave. And now the word, where the word was corona, crown, glory, now the word is what is the variant called? Mm, Pretty easy. We're going to look at that word, okay? So this second wave now that has come, and it's been proven whether it's more, whether it's more <clears throat> contagious and all of those things, the receptors and all of that, they, all of these things are going on and we see that. And now this second wave, let me show you the first wave. If you remember, man, we were just hating on China. I ain't going to tell you whether you can or you can't. Do whatever you want to do. If you don't hate on China, go ahead. It's the second wave I'm concerned about. And so we got in all these debates. Where did it come from? Was it a lab leak? I got my own opinion. If you want to hear it, I'll talk to you outside the pulpit. We'll talk about that. I got my own opinion, my own thought. But right now, let me preach the word to you. So we can't deny all of that. And if you remember, what we were using at that point is this, that we were talking about the church. How that was it of, was it, was it of the devil? Was it of the world? Was it China's fault? Or was it at any one of those things, did God allow it, yes or no? So when the Word says this, let me show you something. Let me show you something that is so critical. In Revelation chapter 3, 7 through 8, he says this to the Philadelphia church, tying all this together. He said, I know thy works. Behold, I've set thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for you have a little strength. You have kept my word. You've not denied my name. He goes on to say all of those things, and we see that, that this is the key to every piece of it. And so we put blame here, and we put blame there. And then Revelation 3 and 10, because you have kept the word of my patience. And what you've been through for the past 16 months is this. I feel like I'll keep you from the hour. That word is horror. And it means, it means that literally it's tied to that word, hour of temptation. And it said, which shall come upon all the world. All right, we've been there and we've done that. We've preached that. We've taught that. The whole world has been affected. And why is that today? It says to try them. That word try them means to test them. Probably if you're in this place. Amy, I know I've got a towel somewhere. I'm going to need it. All right, don't anybody buy this shirt. It'll have my sweat on. So what's been happening for the last year? Testing. Testing, testing, testing in the natural. And the thing is, we think about testing the body. It's truly testing the body. And this hour of testing has come upon all of us, and we see every bit of this. And so that first wave that hits, what's it doing? The first thing that hit is it's dividing nations. 
I'm going to show you it's dividing nations. And then it didn't stop there. This is the one I'm concerned about. The second wave is this. And what it's doing is it's beating on the door of the church. And the Lord said, I'll shut a door that no man can open. I'll open a door that no man can shut. This second wave is this. It's it's so simple. The Word of God says this. The, The church at Philadelphia is the church of brotherly love. Now what have we done? We went from hating a nation to now this thing has progressed and now brothers are hating brothers. Sisters are hating sisters. Is that God's intent? Make it real simple for y'all. You get to shop? Fine. You didn't get to shop? Fine. If any of you have ever talked to me, have I said anything different than that? Now I'm going to do something to shake you up right here. You can get mad at me if you want to. I don't care about the shop. Here's what I'm telling you. What I care about is your soul. More than anything else you need to understand. To me, it's not whether you took a shot in your arm. It's whether or not you took a shot in your heart of conviction and it brought you to a place of repentance and a place of salvation. Thank you, And so what's going on right now is this, is that with the Philadelphia church, the open door church, the brotherly love church, hell is beating on the door and the church is letting them in. Oh, you got the shot? Oh. Oh, they got the shot. Oh, you didn't get the shot? Oh, they didn't get the shot. Right or wrong? And the whole time, one of our questions is this. Have you gotten the shot? My first question to the soul in front of me is, are you born again? How are you in Jesus? Because can I tell you, you'll die of something. But you can live with Jesus. You need to hear me right now. Get your eyes on the... Nobody else in here receive it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to tell you, would you take the shot? Y'all want to know? Yes. Why? Years ago in the late, you'll remember this, Robin. You'll remember this, Gary. Years ago, you remember John Loveless. Bobby, you remember I went to El Salvador. Before I went to El Salvador, guess what I had to do? Take shots. Why'd you do it? Well, you know that shot that if you take that shot from malaria, it may do this, it may do that. Waited out, said, what's that matter? I'm going to spread the gospel, not a virus. Stay with me. I'm not here to convince you one way or the other. Don't you dare leave this place and say, my preacher told I'm not telling you that. You've got to work this out on your own. But I'm telling you right now that my contact with people is more important to me than anything else. And me spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it... You're not going to get me on that wagon, will you? You're not going to get me there. I ain't riding that bus. You tell me whether you had it or you didn't have it, you're going to hear it. Praise be to God. True? Oh, they didn't have it. And what's happening in the church? Oh, they didn't get it. 
Can I tell you, that's not what I want you to get. I want you to get the word of God today. And if we would take our ears are so uncircumcised because they're so filled with flesh and we heap to ourselves teachers that want to fill our plate with what we want to hear. How many of you are ready to hear the truth today? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. I'll stay on that fact, but I will tell you right now, we ain't no we in this. I ain't doing it. You make up your mind. I come to your house and you ask me whether or not I've had the shot. I don't care. If I can come in, listen, the part with me, you got it? Can't come in. You don't have it? Can't come Can I tell you something? Just what's a good distance for you? Because if you're in hearing distance, I'm fixing, you're fixing to hear me. Because can I tell you, I ain't got to touch you to pray with you because the power of the spoken word will take dominion. There you go, Asher. You'll take the dominion and authority. See, the- So this second wave now is knocking on the door of the brotherly love church. And it ain't God opening the door. The church people and the people that usher in the hellish things of the devil. Division is not brotherly love cannot be. God does not divide brotherly love. Hell does. Your decision, I'll tell you this. If you come here and they say, Pastor, I don't want to take the shot. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand with you. Do you hear me? How can you do both? Because it don't matter to me. Your soul is what important is important to me. Make no bones about it. And it's what's important to God. Y'all need to pray for your preacher right now. And so what happens? Through every bit of this, there's the underlying hate that shifts nation now to families being divided, brothers and sisters, moms and dads and their kill and their children. What is this? This is the hour of temptation. Hell wants to close the doors of the brotherly love church. The shot. Have you had it or not? This is the thing. Everybody holding a sign. It's gonna make some of you mad. It's okay. I'm gonna preach it. The real part of this, somebody said they hold up a sign and say, don't make us take the shot. Can I tell you something? I can walk in that line. Can I tell you something? I can walk in the same line and with people with the same sign. Stay with me a minute. I'm telling you, either way, I don't have to take a shot with you. I take it with you. But here's the crazy thing. We got Christian people. They'll do everything to put up a sign about that, and yet they won't hold a sign up at the courthouse square. I understand what it's about, but it's more than just your job or my job. It's about our Jesus. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Guess what? On that day when somebody said, I don't even know why they're holding a sign. I don't even know why they hold him. I don't even know why they're doing that. Can I tell you, I heard some of that junk. And can I tell you something? Did it keep me from doing it? Absolutely not. Because your opinion is not stronger than God's truth and the Holy Ghost in my life that said, go out into all the world and preach, teach, and respect. And guess what happened? Where are you at, Adam? Praise be to God. Adam, give his life to Jesus on the courthouse steps. 
So I got to ask you something. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Listen, he's got to be more than just a sign. And we're looking at signs in these last days and in these last times that we're living in. Can't you see what hell is trying to do? I ain't mad at none of y'all. I got to stop just there. I, I, I get with people and I get so passionate. I just got to tell them, by the way, I'll just stop and I say, by the way, I love you. I'm just really passionate. If I wouldn't, this wouldn't be the second or third time this church done, this shirt done got sweated through real good before. Let me tell you about the shots I'm concerned about. By the way, I'm going to make it clear. I'm going to say it again from this pulpit. Your choice. I'm going to stand with you whether you do or you don't. If you don't believe that, try me. I'm throwing my opinion. I'm not bringing my opinion when I come to see you. I want to say it again. I'm there for your soul. Well, let me tell you about some of the shots I'm concerned about. All the world focused on the shot. Remember the second wave. What's it about? What's it about? Remember the first wave. The first wave was this. Are we going to catch it? Are we going to get it? Can we get a vaccine? The second wave now, the enemy is sending, is are you got the shot? Am I right or wrong, Carrie? Everything right now on people's heart and mind, church people included, did you have, did you? Life does not start and life does not end with the shot if you are born again. Listen, when you are dead in Christ, you are alive already. Are you going to threaten me with heaven? Are you going to threaten me with getting in the presence of an almighty God and leaving all this foul mess? The only reason I'm here is to preach the gospel and to love on my family. I ain't coming to church. You ain't got to come to something you ain't never been a part of when you're family. I ain't the leaving kind, Jack. I'll leave the 99 and tell Stephen to take care of him, and I'll come after you. And I'll tell you God loves you. God cares for you. That is my mission. That is my heart. And I'll do it until the day he takes me home. I'm relentless, and you know it. What in the hell are you thinking? Because it's not heaven. And Satan has blinded the minds and knocking on the door of the church. And brothers are letting it happen. Not on my watch. This may not be the church for you. By the way, people say, he just ain't my cup of tea. Listen, don't blame that on me. You didn't like tea anyway. Holy Ghost gave me that coming down the road. Huh? Just so my <laughs> tea means truth. You didn't want the truth to begin with. 
I'm here to pet you. I'm here to pastor you. I'm here to tell you the truth, to give you the truth, and to lead you in the truth. And right now you're being deceived. I ain't even got to the message. I will tell you right now, if you have to leave, I want you to go at any point you need to. Just don't be a distraction. You're going to take me a little bit to get this out. I'm talking about this is a moment in time. And if you're hungry from God, you'll take time with him. For those of you that look at your watch, it don't work for Amy when I'm with her. And neither would the chronos. I'm not here to spend a minute with you. I'm here to spend a moment with you that will change your life. And it will change all of our life. We are not many, Helena. We are one through the power and through the blood of Jesus Christ. He can't take a stand. Yes, I can. I'll take a stand on just what I just said right now. Try me. Let me tell you about the shots I'm concerned about. The Word of God says this. For those of you that want Scripture, you're going to get it. Galatians 5, 13 through 16. This is where you're at. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Say liberty. Liberty is freedom. Bill, that means I can do. You've been called unto liberty. Now, you and I both know this is talking about the law, and it's talking about the Holy Ghost. Okay, you've been called unto liberty. We know that through, through the law, that through the blood of bulls and goats, no flesh could truly be, truly be redeemed, right? Would no longer work. So, you've been called unto liberty. Somebody say liberty. Somebody shout freedom. You've got it. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. What happened? Well, you're not, you don't have enough faith. And what is so stupid, that's a bold word right there, is that you use the Spirit into the place of this, whether it's the very thing I'm talking about, whether it's for or against. And you... As an occasion to the flesh. Stay with me. But look, here's where, here's where it all changes. But by love, serve one another. Yes or no? But by how? By love, serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Here's the shot I'm concerned about. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be consumed one another. This is the shot. The way Christian brothers and sisters are taking a shot at somebody else. Low blows, counter, all of these things. You punch me, I'll counter punch you back. And what's happening is that everyone, there's so many people right now that are biting other sheep. And you've got a mouthful of wool and you tell everybody how clean you are. But if you bite and devour one another, guess what happens? There's nothing left. You devour one another. Those are the shots I'm concerned about. I got the answer. How many of y'all are seeing that? People are just taking shots. I see it. Verse 16, then I say then, walk in the Spirit. shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you walk in the Spirit, you won't be taking shots. And I, I, I pray to God it's not going on here. I pray to God it's not going on here. You are not of this world. 
you are of the kingdom. I have said that over and over and over and over again. If you're a product of the world, you will birth worldly things. The other shots I'm concerned about. Shots to cope. 1 Timothy 5.23 Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often for infirmity. Let me tell you what else is going on in the body of Christ. Let's just, hey, just, I'm, just going, I'm just going to straighten the ship up today. I'm just going to put us on a good course. Here's what's happening within the Bible. Let's have a Bible study. Ladies, gentlemen, and when we're done, we'll take some shots. Hold it here. That can't be. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got the best little women prayer group. We talk about Jesus. And then at the end, we take our shots. And you know what they do? They do that to cope. The Word of God says here, and there's people battle me over this. They say, well, Pastor, you know Jesus. Jesus drank. He did this. He did all. Can I tell you something? Let me tell you the, the real part of this. I ain't even going to battle much with this anymore. What I know is this, is that alcohol to me in and of itself, you may say it's not evil, but can I tell you, I'm going to abstain from all appearance of evil. What I know is this, is that alcohol was the channel and the very spirit that came over my dad to beat my mom. It's the very spirit that's tried to get into my life. Amy, are you thankful I don't beat you? You don't drink too. Let me tell you real. So I'll tell you one reason I don't. She killed me. You need to stay with me. So here's what's going on. So the shots I'm concerned about is the church taking shots of whatever it is to cope. Whether it's self, whether it's dope, whether it's marijuana, whether it's this, whether it's another spirit. There's only one spirit and it's the Holy Ghost that will help you in these last days that you are living in. Hell will always send a bartender your way and give you a mixed drink, a little bit of church, a little bit of the world. Listen, I need to tell you right now. Listen, don't take this so far in your mind. I'm telling you, you know. Pastor, you know what it said? Take a little wine. For what? Medicinally. For your stomach's sake. I'm just taking a little wine because I want chill. If you want chill, go to the North Pole somewhere. Y'all like, my pastor is so smart. Do you need that to relax when God says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you some rest. I'm talking about some real rest. I'm talking about rest in me. Huh. Brother Wayne, you don't know all my friends. You don't know Jack Daniel. You know how they know. Shots to cope. That's the shots I'm worried about. Another spirit. I'm worried about the shots fired. And every bit of this is going on. And hell's got us focused on that. I'm worried about these shots. The word of God says, James 4, 1 through 2 again. From hence come these wars and fightings among you. Come they not hence, even of your own lust that war in your members. Church, ye lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and you war and you have not because you ask not. I'm concerned not just about... 
the shots to cope. I'm concerned about the shots that are being fired. I'm concerned about life. That when I can stand up here today, and as of today or sometime here within just a recent two or three days, 364 deaths in Chicago, Illinois, by gun violence and killed by a gun and or a knife. And everybody tells me how much we see that all lives matter. This one, that one, and everything else. Can I tell you, life matters because we are made in the image of God. And nobody wants to talk about those shots. And all the time, the false narrative of a better me and a better you and everything else. And listen, man has proven this. You need to write this down. Man has proven after 245 years that we cannot govern ourselves. When you take God, which is theocracy, and Him alone, when you take Him out of a society, you are letting a society die right in front of your face. Starts on our streets. No, it starts in the pulpits. What matters? Well, that's Chicago. As in early June, Brother Chris, as in early June, 100 deaths, at least 100 deaths were surpassed. I forget about how many in Louisville, Kentucky, well ahead of the number that was there last year, which was a record year. That's the shots fired. Why? Gang related, drug related, turf wars. That's outside. No, it's inside the church too. Click. And turf wars are happening in the church and gangs and cliques of people. It's for you, Potter Soap. Hear me. I'm playing no games today. What's really going on? Thanks for asking. <clears throat> Let's look at the word delta. I'm going to sound a lot smarter right here than I am. And I mean that. This is just study. When you look at the word delta, I'm a, I'm a word study guy. You all know that. When you look at the word delta, the word delta. Have I got any math majors in here? Has I got anybody that really knows math? How many of you are scared that... All right, if we were talking about the word Delta, I started doing a study. This is where the same way the Lord led me to the word Corona, led me to the word Delta. I want to know what it means. Can you put up the symbol, please, for Delta? Can you put that up? That when we think of Delta, we think of this. Stay with me here. I want to talk about it first medically. Gary, I want to talk about it medically. I want to talk about the reason that it's generic, that the reason that medically we call it Delta. Why is that? It's number four, correct? It's the fourth type of variant. When you look at the first, which would be the Alpha, that started, I think, in Great Britain. And different things. If none of this is right, uh, we'll blame Todd Bullock because he told me. Todd's not here today, which is convenient. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's celebrating his anniversary with his wife. So then the different variants. This last one, and how many of you know that that first variant, this, and this is what happened. I do believe it came from China. And when I say that, I think there's proof behind that. And when I say that, I think that's more than opinion. I think it's been proven. So here's the thing. We call it the China virus. How many of y'all remember that? We can't do that because we're talking about ethnic flu. Or we're talking about ethnic this. So we got to cancel the Spanish flu. we got to cancel the German measles if we do. Stay with me. So what we're going to do is we're going to give a generic term. Isn't that amazing? So now you're not a he or she. You're an it. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you a general term. Can I tell you, I am a man. I believe in bringing my boys up 
playing cowboys and Indians, good guys and bad guys. I believe in letting them slug it out till it's over. I believe in letting them waller on the ground and fight it out. That's who I am. That's what I am. Why? Because I believe in champions. Praise be to God. Scripture. Made you male and female. I'll touch on that later sometime. Medically. Medically. The fourth, we're going to call it the Delta variant. Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. That when we talk about it medically, it's simply a generic term meaning four. Or the fourth one that we give that through that. Stay with me, please. Medically, that's about all I need to say at this point. If you talk about it mathematically, this is where it comes, uh, comes from. When you talk about mathematically, what is the word delta? The word delta, does anybody, for those of you that know anything what I'm talking about, because don't ask me any more than this. The word delta mathematically means change or difference. So what is delta? Could we agree right now that there is a change and there is a difference? And the whole time, our mind is on a virus. When I think God is trying to tell us something. If you are born again, you are different. I got proof. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a church creature. He comes to church, he sings the songs, and he goes back and lives a dead life. No. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things, not just some things, not just a few things, all things. Oh, can I stay right there for a minute? Thank you, I will. I will all things. That means all things in the way I hope, in the way I love, in the way I pray, in the way that my faith is, in the way that I preach, in the way that I sing. All things have become new to me. I don't sing the songs I used to sing. I don't pray vaguely and vainly the way I used to pray. I don't hope anymore in man. I hope in an eternal God my Lord and Savior anymore right now and at every time I don't just have faith in man and in what man and his chariots can do I have faith in almighty Jehovah God my provider, my sustainer and my deliverer I said I'm brand new in Christ Jesus Why? Because old things have passed away. The problem today is that you don't understand the cross. You think it's where Jesus died. And that's the problem. It's where you should have died. And you didn't. If you are dead, you are dead. But you are living again. Jesus died on the cross. No, he didn't. Just by himself, Wayne Clemens died at that cross. And let me tell you what I need to be reminded of every day is I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me and the life which I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who died. I'm going to get done with this and let y'all deal with it. Delta, mathematically, means change or difference. Geographically, delta means, how many of y'all ever heard of the Mississippi Delta? You know what that is? 
That's where a river comes through and it gets to enter into another body. What happens? It hits sediment. It brings all the sediment. It begins to branch out into different tributaries. This will preach to the church right now. I don't have time to go with you to Ezekiel 47. You can do this later, but I need to tell you right now is a now word for the church. This is what's going on. There was a river and there still is flowing from the throne room of God that's coming. And some people are immersed at the ankles. It gets deeper the deeper you go with Him. This is the river of life that is speaking of in Ezekiel 47 to the knees to the waist and finally to where you can't even touch you're swimming in it it's a life of faith you can't touch on what you used to know and everywhere come on somebody and Ezekiel 47 it's where that everywhere the river of life goes it brought life to it can I tell you where the spirit of the living God goes it brings life to it the word says I think it's verse 11 that what would happen you say is the word Delta in the Bible, it's the word marsh or mire. It said what would happen, the river was flowing freely as it left the throne room of God, coming under the Dead Sea. It would get to a place, and because of the sediment, because of the buildup, Stephen, all of those things, it got shallow. It began to go in every different way because of the delta. People will say, I'll go my way. You go your way. You go this way. You'll go that way. And all of this silt is built up. Can I tell you, God is sifting the church right now. And you cannot stop the river of the living God. You may not flow in it because you don't want to get in it. But I'll tell you what. When the world is preaching death, the spirit of the living God is preaching life and bringing life to every creature and everything that has life. God is sustaining it and delivering people and healing them. Glory be to God. Whole other message by itself. Geographically, now, the word delta. Medically, mathematically, geographically, so what is God saying spiritually? You're spending time with God. God, what are you doing? It's another wave of this. What are you doing? I'm warning you, Wayne. I'm warning you. It's time to awake out of your sleep. Stay with me. This is what really got you, Pastor. How many of you know there are at least four levels of sleep? Some of you know that, correct? You look at those, and most of them, we've heard of REM sleep. You've heard of that, you know, rapid eye movement, different things. Well, the the deepest level of sleep where you completely relax and where your best rest is called delta sleep, which really got my wheels turning. Remember, man, I shut stuff off. I don't know. This is new to I don't care if you heard it before, then you're here. This is confirmation for you. Delta sleep. I said, God, what are you saying? He said, this is it. And I began to see the symbolism in this. The word delta sleep is deep sleep. It's when you go into, if I study it, when you go into that form of sleep, what you do is you go to the place where you're totally relaxed. You're completely at ease. Your muscles, everything else, it's your best part of sleep. I thought, well, God, what are you talking about? And I thought, deep sleep is deep sleep. Then my mind went to this. Let me show you where Scripture's at. Do you know the word deep sleep 
or Delta Sleep is in the Bible ten times. You say, oh. first time, let me help you. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 2.21. Let's do a Bible study. Let's stay in the Word today. You'll remember this when I speak at 2.21. Can you pull it up, please? Told you it was. It's in the King James. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh thereof. Delta sleep. Wasn't man's idea. It's God's idea. You look at that, so what happened? Every time, it's here ten times, I can show you at least four or five times out of the Word of God that's really relevant today. Probably all of them are relevant to the day. I, I, I can't go into this in depth. I'd like to come back here on Wednesday if I can. But I'm just going to show you something here real quick. That when that happens, God brings covenant. He brings something new. He brings that. Let me show you this. So when that deep sleep fell upon Adam, what did he do? What did he do? Somebody tell me, what did he do? That when that, what, what was the purpose? What did he do? He pulled out his rib. What was that? What, what was she called? Eve, she was also called Isha, but he said, I'm going to make you a what? Help me. Does that correct? So did God see first that it was not good for man to be alone? Yes or no? So he said that. He said, I see that man's Stay with me, please. He said that I see that man is alone. I'm going to make him a helpmeet, only to find out that that helpmeet become a hurtmeet. That what Eve did, listen, Eve was deceived. Adam did it willingly. This ain't Eve's fault, Jack. Hear me, men of God. Hold on, let me say it. Hold on. Men of God. Quit blaming it on Eve because you're going to stay there if you do. So what happened, Amy, this is beautiful. What happened is this, is that a deep sleep and through that restful sleep, God gave him a help me. Yes or no? Is that true? Is that the word of God? Yes. What happened? Flesh. So many of you know the Word of God says this. Is it Romans 5? Some of you scholars will know. And word, word theorists, you, you'll know this. That the Word of God says that by one man's offense, many were made sinners. But by one man's righteousness, or excuse me, by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. Talking about the first Adam and the second Adam. So what happened? So we see God had a plan. How many of you have felt alone in the past 16 or 18 months? Thank you. Then this will preach. So when you get to that point, how many of you still had people around you? So the difference between the first Adam and the second Adam is that the first Adam, that the help me came and she enticed him. Or she was part, she didn't entice, she was part of the sin that he took in. So God said, hmm, did God make a mistake? No, all part of a greater plan bringing us to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the second Adam, correct? In the Word of God, does it say that? Absolutely it does. So Jesus said, let me get to Scripture please, and you can turn there with me. Turn to somebody and say, second Adam. Second Adam, John 14, 16, the second Adam says this, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Stay right here, please. This is one that is born of the Spirit, that is not taken out of man. What happens to you when you are born again? The Holy Spirit comes over you. You are born of the Spirit, yes or no? You are conceived of the Spirit, yes or no? Your flesh does not want to get saved, yes or no? The second Adam, I'm going to give you another comforter that you may that he may abide with you forever. Say, God ain't the Jesus ain't the leaving kind. He ain't. 
Even the Spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it doesn't see Him, neither knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So I'm going to give you another comforter. What is that word? Parakletos, which means what? Walk beside, walk in front, walk behind, walk all around. Stay with me, please. It is termed this way. The word comforter, parakletos, is the word help meets. say, well, okay. You already know that, right? And yet you call on everybody else for help. Show you something really cool. In the first Adam, God took something out of man to make a help meet. The second Adam, God took something out of himself. Uh Uh-oh. I come from God the Father. I didn't come from Joseph. I had royal blood, true blood in me. So where the first Adam didn't work, God said, I can't take this out of man anymore. i got to take this out of myself. God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost are one. So what did God do? He took that. Jesus said, if I go, I will send you another paracletos. I will send you a helpmeet. And listen, what he will not do, he will not lead you to sin. He will lead you to me. He will not get you to sin, be a part of your sin. He will keep you from sin. Well, Pastor, I just don't know how to walk this out. It's in the Holy Ghost. You have a help meet right now. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I've got to preach. Let God arise and let every and all of his enemies be scattered. God said, arise, church, in my name and declare that we have victory over the enemy. I can't do it in my flesh. I'm not calling on you to do it in my flesh. Do it in my spirit. You are fighting a spiritual battle with a flesh, and you cannot do that. You do, listen, you fight battles in the spirit or against the spirit by a greater spirit. There is no greater spirit than the Holy Ghost of God to win the battles. He said, I shall be not just in you or not be around you. I'm here with you, but I'm going to be in you. I feel so all alone. Really? Weigh that out. God took it of Himself. He didn't take it from man. God gave of Himself. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The times, guys, of deep sleep. I'm not going to teach you all this. I'd like to go back here Wednesday in Genesis 15. It is covenant when a deep sleep fell upon Abram. It is deep sleep when you look in Daniel chapter 8. And we look as he is given the tribulation period when it's explained. It's in Daniel chapter 10 that I'll teach you on Wednesday night if the Lord will allow that you see that. But once again, Daniel fell into a deep sleep. Remember, he came. He was withheld. The prince of Persia uh, come against him. And there was a deep sleep that time. And then the last one, would you turn your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 9. It began in the garden when a deep sleep fell in or fell upon Adam and God gave him a helpmeet. It happened again in another garden when Jesus surrendered his will and he said, My will, your will is my will. 
Thank you for turning there. Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 9. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bed, bread, Paul preached unto them ready to depart. Ten times it's mentioned here. This is the tenth one when you look at the word deep sleep. To depart on the morrow and continue to speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. Paul is preaching, he's throwing down, he's doing all that. And there sat in a window a young man named Eutychus. And look what happened. Being fallen into a deep sleep. Turn to somebody and say, have you ever fallen asleep in church? This is the message. So as Paul is preaching, this is in church. Being fallen into a deep sleep. How many of y'all ever nodded off in church? Don't lie, because I see some of y'all. How many of y'all are heavy, heavy equipment operators? What's that mean? You're dozers. <laughs> you know, you're dozers. I've seen it. I'll share something here just, just to give me time to, to regroup here to preach this last point out. I remember watching somebody. They were somewhere back in here. Ben, I don't know how long back. I watched them. I seen them begin to dawdle. I was preaching. I seen them begin to dawdle. They started to dawdle. And listen, here's what happens. When you begin to doze, when you begin to lose attention, then the next thing you'll start doing is leaning, right? Huh? You'll start leaning. I watched her. She started dozing. I thought, uh-oh. Next step, she started leaning. The only problem with her leaning is that she was sitting on the end, and she was the last one on the end row, and she started leaning over, and I thought, God, I don't know if I can do it or not. And I knew that if she kept leaning, she was going to fall. I would be lying to you all if I didn't want. I kind of wanted to see it. And I thought, that'll show her. Me being the good guy, everybody looking, what are you doing? I went back and I grabbed a chair and I put it right up here beside her. And guess what she did? She leaned all the way over, fell into the seat. She woke up. So a deep sleep, the last time it's mentioned is in church. A deep sleep fell upon Eutychus. You know what he did? Let me show you the progression. What's happening in the church today? A deep sleep has come. A relaxed state. A restful state. I'm glad. Not in the Lord. The Word said that as Paul was long preaching, don't y'all say nothing right there. What was the next thing he did? He sunk down with sleep. <laughs> and the third thing, he fell down from the third law. So you fall asleep, you fall over in sleep, and then you fall out in sleep. And he didn't just fall out, he fell dead. There's progression that will preach out another time. He not only fell asleep, fell out, and fell dead. And this is what's happening to the church today. First thing you do is you fall out of church. You lose interest. You get distracted. You do this or that. Then you start leaning to the right or to the left. And then now you take your eyes off the Lord. And now you become complacent. We become lethargic. How do you know that, Pastor? I've done it. Have I done it behind this pulpit? Yes. I don't come Sunday mornings and just put things on cruise control and say, God, show up. Granted, through all the humility that I can speak before you, He does. But when we study, we don't study to show ourselves approved unto you. We show ourselves studied to be approved unto God. As much as you expect a word, God expects me to give a word. And if I ever come up here and if I just got one word, then I'll tell you this. It'll be from Him.
If he gives me one word and he says humble, that's what I'll say. I rely so much on him that if he says get up there and say Mary had a little or sing Mary had a little lamb, guess what? I can preach it better than I can sing it because Mary did have a little lamb. on it Delta sleep in the church where did I start it's time where it's time for which time to awake out of our sleep it's high time what is he saying if we were to go back to Romans 13 he said the night is far spent listen the party is almost over your night of lust and your night of all of those things is almost over the night is far spent and the sun is rising And all the hellish things that we do in darkness, God is getting ready to shed the light in the church and the true Christians will... And some will awake unto life and some will lay in the tomb of the church's religion. Delta sleep. Oh, pastor, what a sad story. Paul was long preaching. He sunk down with sleep. He fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. He died. It's over, Pastor. The church is dead. Got to tell y'all why I came today. Next piece of scripture. Come on. Come on, next piece of scripture. The Word of God says this, and Paul went down. And Paul went down. And Paul fell on him. Oh, that's horrible. He was already dead. And Paul fell on him. That's assault and injury. That's horrible. Paul didn't fall on him to kill him more. He fell on him and embraced him and spoke life to him. And the dead man got up. Why am I here today? I'm here to wake the church up. I'm here to embrace the church and tell you that our time has come. Wake up and let's live in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. He did. Church dead. I'm going to tell you what. Our nation is on life support from the ventilators made of man. But if they would get on the right kind of life support from heaven, this whole nation could thrive again and people could... Don't tell me God still ain't saving people because you got to talk to Adam. You got to talk to Ashley. You got to talk to Sabrina. You got to talk to all these youngins that God say, You can't tell me God's done yet. God's still speaking life. People are still getting saved. Why? Because the word's still being preached. I fall on you, you know it. It ain't over, man. Hell said, throw it in. Throw it in. Quit. Throw it in. Throw it in. How many times? Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Can I tell you something? These people getting it. If you ain't getting it, I'm getting it. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to serve God until the end. I ain't going to quit. I ain't going to stop. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep thinking. I'm going to keep hoping. 
They're dead. <laughs> Four days late, Pastor. <laughs> That's what the world may say. But God always right on time. What's he doing? Now where's this at spiritually? The word of God said, trouble not yourself. Paul telling the church. He went down, fell on, and embraced it. Don't be troubled about yourself, for his life is in him. This is the key right here. Listen, for his life is in him. His life is in Him. What can I tell you today? Your life is in Him. Not in the world. Not in the culture. Your life is in Jesus Christ. In Je- You're one. What's God doing? Come here, please. Uh, Josh, come here, please. Blow that alarm over. Blow, blow the shofar over. What God doing? What's God doing? He's doing what he did a year and a half ago. This is wave number two. Blow it, brother. Thank you. How many of y'all heard that? How many of y'all heard this word this morning? Stay with me. Don't you give that to the Lord. Stay with me a minute. Delta. Interesting. Ain't done. Interesting. If all I did, and this is what I'm wore out with because I've done plenty of it my own, on my own. God just moved me. I told you there's transition coming right now. If that's all Josh did is stand there and just blow that trumpet, how sick would you get of that? All I would have would be an alarmist. This world is... Oh... Blowing that trumpet. Get ready. Get ready. And all you do is keep your mouth to that trumpet and you don't help nobody. God didn't call you to be an alarmist. He had called you to be an activist. Get out and do something. Get out and reach somebody for Jesus Christ. Guilty. If all I did was blow the trumpet on Sunday morning and I didn't go out into the highways and the hedges God forbid that I'd ever preach again and YouTube and everything else is filled with every kind of everything what more do you need Jesus is coming back Pastor, we're dead. No, we're not. We are alive. We're well. We're filled with the Holy Ghost of God. Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to eat. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Listen, as long as I got food, you got food. And look at me. I don't miss many meals. I need to tell you, one body stands together, prays together, praises together, believes together. We are united together, and nothing will divide this church in Jesus' name. God's church. There's more. I'm not going to ask for your forgiveness. I'm not going to say I'm sorry I'm so long. If you want to look at your watch, then you're, you got chronos. I'm spending a moment with you. And I appreciate you understanding. The picture, please, of Jesus at the door. Where are we at? 
And I want to say again, I've been guilty plenty of times of just being that guy. Can I tell you something? I'll tell you what breaks me. When you go out and you go up here to these apartments, I don't want to come on a Wednesday night. I don't want to do this. They said something about prayer. Only the real thing is, I just want to see if you come for prayer. I didn't try to manipulate you, but can I tell you something? I say we come for prayer because I know we're going to do that. But sometimes it's in those times that you don't want to come. That God says, okay, I'm going to spend time with the rest of them. And what you end up doing is you go out and there you are. See, that's the fourth level there. That's that, that's that seventh church. That's that Laodicean church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Where is he? He's outside. But we go up. And we knock on apartment doors. And you say, hey. Not that I'm from Potter's Hope and that's the only church you need to be at. No, I don't do that. You go up and you knock on the door. And you see a mama that, trying to hold her kids back. And a chihuahua dog that acts like he want to bite me and he ain't going to hurt me. And everything else. And there they are. And she's there and you can see the stress on her face. And you just simply look at her and say, hey, I'm Brother Wayne. I hang out down here at the church. And, and uh, we're up here saying hey to our neighbors. It's just simple. Me. It's just simple. I just want to know if I could pray with you. What do they do, Jake? They start crumbling in front of you. You see, you don't know, I was just praying last night that God would send somebody up here. I feel so all up. And guess what? God shows up. He comes right where we are, Shannon, in that cool? But the church says, no. All I'm mm, mm. I can't do that. You can't. Your flesh can't, but the Spirit can't. I don't know what to say. I ain't got to say something. I ain't got to say something all the time. I'll let Jake, I'll let Eric, I'll let him. It doesn't matter to me who says it. I just want to be there, man, and watch God do a miracle. Whew. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Spiritual side of this. So, in the Greek... There's three doors that it speaks of, and, and, and they're condensed down. There's a lot of doors in the Bible. A lot of, if you talk, if you talk about gates, you talk about entrances, please. Listen, this is the thing, but we never see them compacted as close as we do in the, in the door of the Philadelphia church, the Laodicean church, the lukewarm church there. Excuse me, the Philadelphia church, the brotherly love church, that door that, uh, that God says, I'll open a door no man can shut. I'll shut a door no man can open. Then this church that we see, the Laodicean church, he's on the outside, but it's more than just the church. He's knocking on the hearts and souls of individuals today. Then the third door that we see is the one here now where we're at. Please go to Revelation chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. After this, say after this. What's the delta? It's a sign. He said, after this I looked. And behold, the door was open in heaven. Oh, now you gotta, you got to listen. And the first voice, not the second voice, not the third voice. Who's the first voice that I hear in the morning? Oh, oh, 
who's the first voice? I love you, Wayne. I love you, God. No offense to my wife. But the first verse I, the first voice. See, what's the first voice? you got so many voices. What's the first voice? When you seek the kingdom of God first, you'll hear his voice first. My God, my God. And a door was opened there in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was of a trumpet, a sound, talking with me, which said, come up hither. And he's saying, come up hither. He said, and I'll show you things which must be hereafter. Verse 2. And immediately I was in the what? The spirit? No. Immediately I was in the flesh? No. I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. When you get in heaven, when you're in the world, you think they're, you're sitting on the throne. When you get in heaven and no flesh can glory in His presence, there can only be one on the throne, and it's Him. When you're in the Spirit, it's just Him on the throne. The only way you get to the throne is, behold, I knock at the door. If you'll open it, I'll come in and sup with you. And to he that overcomes, I'll grant you to sit with me in my throne. I'm closing. Behold, I stand at the delta, the door. So when I began to study the word delta, I seen all of those things. But then spiritually, when you look at the word, so we got, stay, stay with me. In Greek, Shannon, in Greek, we got alpha, beta, gamma, delta. And the fifth one is epsilon. No, I wasn't part of a fraternity and or sorority. But in that... We see that, and in and, and what is in the in the Greek, so he is Alpha, say Alpha, alpha. and he is he is the and the that's in the Greek. So with that, there's symbols, right? There's a symbol for Alpha, or there's a symbol for each one of those things, even within the Greek. But here's here's the thing. Stay with me, please, because how, now, so where there's 22 in Greek, there's 26 in our English language, correct? And so the thing that you've got to understand is this, is that how many of you, you learned your ABCs, right? So this is the way that the Hebrew works. I'm going to show you something. The way kind of that you learned the alphabet. Alphabet, right? Alpha, beta. So I'm going to go deeper than that. So when you look at that, we think that's where that came from. But we got 26. Stay with me. So when you were learning your, when you were learning your alphabet, they said A is for A is for apple. That's where you learn. That was the beginning. Stay with me. So we go from A to Z, right? So A is for say it. Z is for what? Oh, everybody said that zebra. If you said something like Zelda, I don't know where you went to school. Stay with me. I'm making a point, and I'll make it clear. The beginning of your life starts with an apple. The beginning of your life, you were born into sin. Your beginning, you were born into sin. Well, yeah, I preach that apple. I'll go ahead and preach that. Now, what you going to do with that zebra? Uh-huh. I'll tell you what I'm going to do with that zebra. I'm going to tell you about the end. 
See, this is what the problem is today, all about some division. Some people just see black and white. You see black and white, I see stripes. Huh? We've all sinned. That's the beginning. And then what Jesus did, he healed you. With his stripes, we are what? I ain't done. That's, that's kind of cool. But here's the thing. So in Hebrew, just as you learn those, where's Tasha? Tasha, you teach them a little apple, a little zebra, all that stuff. We teach them all that. So what we do, so listen, did y'all know God? Do you know Jesus was a Jew? Did y'all know? Stay with me. So in that, when you talk about, if you will, the Hebrew alphabet, has 24 letters. And with every letter, many of you already know this. You've studied Hebrew before. Please, please bear with me. So the first word is Aleph. It's Aleph. The next one is Bet. There are 24 letters. But with each letter comes a sign and also, also a number. Many of you know that if you've studied that out. That's the reason that numbers mean something to God. Okay. Seven, six, the number of man. Seven, complete rest. We could talk about a lot of that. Some of them are given even, even greater numbers. But anyway, stay with me. So Aleph, say Aleph. And then you got Bait. So with me. So in this, so we got Aleph, Bait, and then Gimel, which is like Gimel, but it's not. And then the fourth one is the word Delet, which in Greek is the word Delta. But in Hebrew, it is the word door. And the symbol for the lit is door. Behold, church, I stand at the door and I knock. Why is every bit of this going on? How many of you believe Jesus could come back any day? Well, let's give him praise because you know what? We believe that. I think we're all, I believe we all agree with that. That's not the question. The question is, Brother Bill, what are we going to do about it? As I close today, <laughs> so Aleph, that word, you know what that word means? One. So it starts with one, and it means head. It means father. Aleph. We could go a lot deeper, but we'll stay here. So the word Aleph is one. And guess what? So what is the last? Then there's Aleph. Then what is the Z? There's the A. What's the Z? The Z is really not a Z. It's a T. Stay with me a minute. It's the word Tav. What is the word Tav? Could you put up the last symbol, please? There's a symbol ascribed to each one of the letters. Let me show you something that even the Hebrews didn't realize what they were doing when God was putting together their language. What do you all see? That is the symbol for the word Tav. So what is it? One. So I see the beginning. What is the end? What did Jesus say, Amy? It is finished. Hold on a minute. Do you know what the word Tav means? Truth. One truth. There can only be one truth. People today say there's many truths. No, there's not. 
You may think you have your truth, I have my truth, but he has his truth and he is the truth. Today, every piece of this rests upon that right there. I'll close. Turn to somebody and say, you've been reading the wrong way all the time. Stephen, you'll work great. Thank you. Dan, you'll work great. Thank you. Come over here. You stand over here. You stand over here closing. So when we read, see, remember, we, 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 we don't understand. We don't have the Jewish mindset. So we read, when we read, we read it A, B, C, D, and we go to Z, right? In our culture, we read from left to right, correct? Hebrew, you read from right to left. What in the world does that mean to me? Stay with me. Some revelation. Today, all of the mindset for many, including even the Christians today, your mind is just on the end. You're reading it the wrong way. When you start seeing it God's way, and you start reading it His way, you see the end. He sees the beginning. He said, I know your end from the... You see your end when you start seeing that the end is already bought and paid for through that right there is when you can start giving God praise and giving Him thanks. Thank you, guys. Today, God is saying, I'd like to spend some time with you. God is saying, I want you to know the difference. The moment you are living in right now, you will not make it without me. I've proven to you today through the Word of God that you are not alone if you are born again. Yes or no? His name is Emmanuel. That didn't, that didn't just cause that's a cool name. That means God with us. If it's not true, then we've got to throw out a lot of the Word of God. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So today I need to tell you you're not alone. I won't leave you comfortless. I've given you the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we adore you. We thank you. God, today, you've assigned who you wanted here today, in person, online, and everywhere else. So today, God, I don't want this to be another time where we just shut you off. I'm not going to be long, church. Listen. Church, this is for you. This is a time not to be distracted. This is a time not to have your focus on the wrong thing. Don't be caught up in it. We have a job to do. We've been given a commandment. We've been given a great commission. The great commission is to go. The great commandment is to love God love people. That means, God, today, that we, if we're convicted, Holy Ghost, do what you need to do in me. And God, let it be so in the church. What do you say, Lord? Today, let's confess it. Let's get that under the blood today. If you're here and you're lost, as always, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Him. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name. We give altar calls here for people to make this a place. The altar is Jesus to me. That's what it is. 
coming to him. He's the cross. If the Lord today is showing you some stuff and some things that you need to confess to him, don't leave here with it. If you were convicted in any and all of this, get it under the blood. And as many as the church will come, this hour has been appointed unto us to do what we're called to do. I will ask today that if the Holy Spirit has prompted your heart to move and to be an activist, then come and pray and solidify that. Just say, God, use me. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.